Welcome, everybody, to the Bomber Hour here as part of the CGOB Sports Show. I'm in my condo. The creaking you hear is Bob Irving adjusting his mic back at Polo Park. Bob, how are you tonight? Yeah, you'd think I'd never done this before. <laughs> We're just n- welcoming this young cub reporter on the air. Yeah, right. Uh, how are you enjoying yourself in your first couple days here? Well, did that squeak actually go on the air? I, I heard it. <laughs> Matt Abra's laughing. He's our yeah. producer tonight. Yeah, well, you know, I was a little slow off the mark. So it's here okay. we go. It's okay. Yeah, I know. It's okay. Here we go with another Blue Bomber Hour, uh, Christian. And we've got, uh, I think, a lot of interesting folks lined up. And we're going to start off with uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, who joins us, I presume, from somewhere in Texas. Jackson, is that about right? Yes, yes sir. I'm down here in Texas, in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Just hanging out. Okay. Um, well, I, I guess everybody who is a CFL player is hanging out right now because there's nothing else to do. How, how are you uh, getting along and dealing with this delay, interruption, and pandemic? Well, I've mostly been training, uh, just trying to stay in shape, stay ready for whenever they tell us that uh, it's time to come back up. Um, it's sad, obviously, uh, that we're not, we're not up there. We should have already played our first preseason game and on to our second one. Yeah, and coming off the season you had last year, boy, the last thing you wanted was to not come flying out of the gates this year, right? Exactly, exactly. That was the plan. I mean, I trained hard for it. I did, had a lot of good progress going on during the off season, And, I mean, it's still going, but with the pandemic and having to go uh, stay-at-home order and the quarantine and everything like that, it's been hard to get the workouts I was getting before. How would you describe the scenario in Austin, Jackson, in terms of how people are kind of dealing with this? You talked about the quarantining. Are most people doing that? Is that what you're seeing? Well, we're going into, uh, we're starting to open up things. So I don't know what the phase is, numbers or anything like that, but uh, bars are starting to be opened. Uh, restaurants are starting to be open. For me, myself, I uh, kind of been staying at home. I haven't, I haven't gone to any bars, any restaurants anything like that. Uh, at the beginning, everybody was following the guidelines and staying in, at least the people that I I knew, and uh, staying away from people. But as it's now happened and that they've opened up stuff, people have, I guess, got in their minds that pandemic is over. Yeah, and it's not, of course, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's hard. There's a lot of people not wearing masks. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's hard to stay inside of it. Yeah, at a certain point, I think we all get a little frustrated and and anxious to get going again. Christian, take over and ask Jackson a couple of questions. Yeah, I mean, here in Manitoba, it's been pretty well how we've handled the pandemic. In fact, uh, the Blue Bombers will be able to open their facility this week to local players, at least with strict protocols in place. How much communicating have you done, Jackson, with your teammates through this? Well, I've definitely stayed in touch with the D-line. Uh, we've talked a lot. We have a group chat. We stayed in touch and kind of just checking in on each other every couple weeks or so just to see if everybody's working out, to see if everybody is uh, doing okay, if they're healthy. And to just check in. We like each other. We're a fun bunch. And there's other positions and other guys that I've kept in touch with um, outside of the D-line just to see how everything's going where they're at. What kind of workouts are you able to do? What's your setup at home? I've been lucky. Um, It wasn't technically allowed, but I have a buddy that has a gym, 
and it's like a home gym. And it was just uh, me and him working out there. So we were training there, and I was training there during the the time. Um, it's nothing big, but I was training there the time when we weren't allowed to go out and go to gyms. So it'd just be me and him, then I'd just come back home. So I've been able to get some good workouts in as far as, like, lifting not a lot of running just because uh, we haven't been able to get out and about and run. The fields have been closed, um, all that. But, yeah, I've been able to get some good lifting in, some good cardio as far as, far as running around the neighborhood, running around whenever I can. Now, Jackson, you've become a real force on that bomber D-line, but if I was to guess, I would guess that you don't feel you've quite yet maxed yourself out as a CFL player. Is that fair to say? Very fair to say. Uh, I'm a guy that always is trying to push myself to next levels. And I know that I have not, I've only put together one healthy season since I've been a bomber. Right. And to me, that's been frustrating as a, as a player because I know what I can do. I know the, the amount of sacks I can get, the amount of impact I can make during a full season. And so I've been hard on myself to be better as far as staying healthy and controlling what I control as well, but being able to stay healthy and continue to help my team throughout the year, not just beginning injury and then playoffs. Mm -hmm. So have you changed your training in any way? Staying healthy, you know, to some degree is luck. I think injuries are, are partly luck, but have you changed your training in any way to maybe try to stay away from certain injuries? For sure. Well, I've been really, I've been researching and doing a lot of studying on kind of my body, my body type, what's, what works best for my body. So I'm not doing anything that will put myself in harm's, harm's way. So I've been doing a lot of mobility, stretching this off season, uh, just being able to get strong and flexible. So I'm able to get into, be, become more flexible, but be strong in those positions as well. And, uh, so that was that's been a big emphasis of mine, and because I want to be more durable, yeah, I want to make sure that I can be on the field and that the team can depend on me when, whenever. Yeah. So you were you were gearing up to really let it loose this year before this interruption occurred. Fair to say. Fair to say, yes, yeah, sir. I was uh, excited to get going. Um, I was really excited. I mean, I I set some big goals for myself and the personal goals, and um, we're coming back as the they're defending champs, and so we know we're going to have a bullseye on our on our chest, and that everybody's going to be coming at us. Because when when you win a championship, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. People are supposed to aim for you. I know when teams won a championship, we come and play them, and we we come and play them as hard as we've ever played anybody else. Just because you want to show that we're the team that can win the championship this this year. So knowing that. We know that you got to, in the offseason, we have to work even harder. And so that's what I've been doing this offseason. Jackson, did you see the video of Adam Big Hill today doing the splits? And can you do the splits? You mentioned flexibility earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw him doing the splits. I've actually seen him doing it in the, the weight room. And uh, no, I'm not a splits guy. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't plan on ever being able to do the splits. It's just not something that, it, that interests me. But... It's uh, it's incredible to see a guy that strong and that big to be able to do the splits and have that that great of range of motion and flexibility. You know, when you look at uh, Adam Big Hill, he's he's a little shorter than you are, Jackson, and he's stockier, but he runs so well. And you talk about flexibility. I mean, he 
he's a smooth athlete, and if you just stood and looked at him, you wouldn't think that, would you? No, I mean, you if you look at him, you feel like, man, this guy's stiff as a board. And then you see him get out and run and move, and uh, it's it's just incredible. It's, like you said, it's a smooth athlete. He's a great athlete, and he's able to get out there, and, and he makes plays. I know I, I watched some of his old film, yeah. and just to see where he's gone from his old film to now, how much he's improved in his speed and flexibility, it's incredible. It's, a, it's amazing to see. And yeah. that's why I, I work with him on, on certain things just so I can improve my speed, improve my, uh, my quickness, and improve different aspects of my game. Yeah, he's a fabulous player. Okay, let's go back to the Grey Cup game. You and Willie Jefferson and the guys on the D-line, Steve Richardson, Drake Navis, Jake Thomas, you wreaked some havoc. Tell us, uh, Jackson, reflect on your thoughts and your thought process going into the game. Did you think you could take over defensively the way you guys did? Bob, every game we go into, we think we can take over defensively. That's just how we were built as a defense. We felt like we could take advantage of things on on their offense, and we knew that they were a great team, and they they still are highly they're highly touted. They they had a great regular season record and whatnot, and they 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 were a great offense. But we saw things that we could take advantage of, and we did. Yeah, boy, did you ever! Uh, how much fun was that? When you think about the, the games you've played in your career, I mean, would that one would be right at the top, wouldn't it? Of course, that's at the top. Uh, I've never won a professional championship I've, I, uh, of any sort. And so that was the highlight of my professional career, to be able to be with those that group of men mm-hmm. and to play so well in the playoffs as we did, especially defensively, how we, we, we just kept holding teams to less and less, 14, 13, 12. And it was just, uh, I haven't been part of a great defense like that in a while. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Christian? Ultimately, one of the great defensive runs that we've ever seen, I think, in the CFL, especially from a team that did not have a home game in the postseason. Now we look ahead to what we could do or what you could do to replicate this this year if you even get the chance to do so. What do you think of the idea of an eight-game season, and do you think you'll actually get to play football this year? Hey, man, I don't know what, what's going to go on. I am very excited to play if we get a chance to play. If we get to play an eight-game season, let's play an eight-game season. I'm I'm all for playing ball. And uh, so I'm just – we're waiting to hear. Um, obviously, it's not our decision. If it's our decision, we try to play now. I know that's not the – not a lot of people will be happy to hear that. But we love to play right now. We love playing ball. And um, – but, yeah, I'm excited to at least play football, at least get back to Winnipeg, to the great fans of Winnipeg, and be able to have them, if they're able to be in the, the stadium, have them behind our back. If they're not able to be in the stadium, to have them behind our backs watching the game. Shoot, they could be outside yelling. I mean, it it would still be home field advantage. Yeah, it's sure. Just, uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that. Uh, I was just saying that um, – I'm sorry. I was just saying that it's just amazing to be out there and play in Winnipeg. It's, I, there's no fan base like it. Yeah, well, I know you're right about that. It, so one more thought on last year, the parade and the celebration after Jackson. The w- winning the game was obviously the pinnacle, but, man, the celebration was uh, – yeah, that's something you, it will stick with you forever, I expect. 
Yes, that that's going to be with me for the rest of my life because you could feel the relief, the joy. Everybody was so excited. It had been so long. I mean, the city of Winnipeg deserved that championship. And like we talked about before, we we were saying we're going to get we're going to bring that championship back to Winnipeg where it belongs. And so it was a it was a special time the to, to to party with with my boys on the team, but also party with our fans, and all is one. It was it was a good it was a great time, and I'll definitely remember. It. And I love looking back at the videos and watching. Yeah, I'm sure you and thousands of other uh, fans do the the same thing, Jackson. I've watched the Great Cup game and the playoff games at least three times each, and uh, I might watch them a, another time or two because <laughs> we got lots of time on our hands. Jackson, thanks for doing this tonight. We really appreciate it, and we hope to see you here later in the year. Well, Christian, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Welcome back to the show. Bob, I always talk about how I am a neutral observer. I am a third party. I, I'm not a fan of the Blue Bombers necessarily, but I, even I bought a Grey Cup champion <laughs> hockey jersey after they won the Grey Cup this past fall, and I wore it out to an outdoor rink, and I felt like a true Winnipegger doing so. Uh, good for you. Well, it was trendy merchandise and still is trendy merchandise. Patty Cox is the manager of the Bomber store, which, by the way, is open again for those who didn't know. Patty, take us back to the Grey Cup win in November and like the, the number of few days after that Grey Cup win. What was it like in the Bomber store? Oh, it wasn't a few days. It was hours after the game. Okay. Um, we were getting orders like crazy online. Uh, the next day it was every time a piece of product came into the building, day after day it was things were coming in and, and they were leaving the store within hours of arriving in the building. We product wasn't even warm off the truck when it was when it was leaving the store yeah now tell us about the preparation that must have gone in because you know had the team lost there would have been no demand for the great cup winning merchandise uh there obviously was a some preparations made before the game in case the bombers won what can you tell us about that um when it came to a lot of the merch i mean at the end of the day we we had all of our suppliers ready to go if we needed it okay um or sorry, when we needed it, they knew we were going to need it. Um, but basically, a lot of the product that was getting ordered, it was happening after, as soon as basically we won the game. A lot of the product was going into production right off the bat. Okay. And did you have a hard time keeping some of it in? We had a hard time keeping everything in. Yeah. Um, our locker room tees were sold out within the first, basically the day we received them, um, constantly bringing more stock in. Our locker room hats, obviously, everyone wanted what the players were wearing. Um, and that continued and uh, we, we do have some stock left now. So we continue to bring more product in, but we still, um, have limited quantity. Is it still selling pretty well? All of our great cups merch is still selling very well. Um, our fans have been amazing. Our online order and all the support we've had, uh, in the last couple of months has just been spectacular. Uh, bombers definitely have the best fans. Christian. Well, part of it is when you don't have uh, a reason to buy Grey Cup merch for almost three decades, you might have a little <laughs> bit of money saved up for Grey Cup merch, and especially when it comes out around Christmas time, for sure. How important was it to to order not just the locker room hats and the shirts, but to kind of create a wide array of products with the Grey Cup championship emblem on them for people to buy? Well, I mean, everybody wants something different. 
Uh, you do your best to keep every single fan happy and and basically do as much as you can. Um, but it's super important. I mean, if you come into the store now, we have a huge variety of stuff. Again, we're limited stock on certain items, um, but we have a huge variety between youth and the women's, the lady or men's um, glasses, coffee mugs, kind of a little bit of everything. Well, and you've still you got those great cup books there too, haven't you? Yes, the great cup books. Um, we started sending them out in April and, uh, they've also been selling really well. They're amazing. And everyone seems to absolutely just love them. And I've seen a picture of those Melton jackets and those are, they're, they're a high end item. Are, are they moving well? Yeah. The Melton jacket, uh, is three seventy four ninety nine, and we are pretty much down to limited sizes. Um, basically if anybody wants a Melton gray cup jacket, Now's the time to get it because we, we do not have very many left. Okay, we'll let you go, Patty, on a plug for your Father's Day sale. Oh, yes. Uh, starting June 1st, we are going to do a Father's Day sale. Buy one, get one 50% off all men's merchandise. Uh, that will be excluding jerseys and the Melton uh, Great Cup jacket as well. All right. Well, I need some T-shirts, so I'll be down there taking advantage of that. I, I'm a Winnipeg. Like they make you pay. I Come love on. a sale. No, I... Everybody loves a sale. I love a sale. I'm a Winnipegger. Hey, Patty, thanks for doing this. I know it's been an exciting time for the fans and, and for the Bombers, the players and the coaches, but also for the people who work in the Bomber store, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's an amazing place to work. Um, I can't even explain how amazing it's been to be a part of the organization and, and to see, again, how amazing our fans have been. Even through the last few months, it's just been phenomenal support they've showed for us. So. Yeah. Thanks, Patty. Thank Appreciate you. your time tonight. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Christian O'Mell and Bob Irving with you on this warm and wonderful May evening. One of my fondest memories of last season, Bob, uh, just from a personal point of view, was taking a weekend trip to Montreal. And you were there calling the game Bombers at Alouettes. I was just there because, uh, well, I'll just say it on the air. I was playing a Pokemon Go at a special thing in Montreal. But that's beside the point. I showed up at the game. <laughs> I did stats for you like old times. And it was one of the craziest games probably that you've ever called. Yes, it was. I remember it well. And uh, I'm sure Kahari Jones remembers it well, too. The, the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes uh, joins us on our Bomber Hour now on the CJOB Sports Show. What do you remember most about that game, Kahari? Oh, man. Uh, everything, <laughs> everything. It was, it was pretty crazy. And, uh, yeah, I remember scoring with six seconds left. That was the, that was the biggest, biggest deal in that one. And, uh, the first half that I'd like to forget, but, uh, the guys, guys really came through in the second. Yeah. That was one of the, one of two games the Bombers would like to forget where they <laughs> had a big lead and it, it uh, disappeared. But the, that's always been the beauty of the Canadian football league. Hey, Kahari, before we talk about uh, your Alouettes and your, your thoughts on what's going on right now, I want to go back to 2000. Uh, you're with the BC Lions, and, and Christian O'Mell, you weren't here at the time, but in, in the early 2000s, Kahari Jones ignited the football interest in Winnipeg that had kind of faded off because of some tough years. He was acquired from the BC Lions. He'd been back, backing up Damon Allen there for a number of years, uh, and I uh, Brendan Tamman was behind this trade because he knew Kahari, uh, and Kahari came in here and, like I say, he took the town by storm. Kahari, do you remember your first reaction when the Bombers called you and said they'd acquired you? Oh, yes. 
course, yes. I can probably almost give you the date of it, you know, <laughs> in February of, of 2000. And, and uh, like you said, I'd, I'd, I'd been behind Damon for three years, and I was uh, about to go on a fourth year. I was there from 97 to 99. And about to start 2000. And to, to be quite frank, I was I was really considering retiring because I was, you know, I was getting up there in age. I was going to be 29 years old that year, and I hadn't really gotten the opportunity to play. And so when I got that call, I remember exactly where I was um, in my apartment in San Francisco. And uh, Justine was there, and uh, I I just looked and I said, "Hey, I'm going to Winnipeg." And uh, and I couldn't have been happier. And even then, I wasn't the starter going into that season, but I knew I was going to get at least a, a chance. And when I got my chance, uh, fortunately for me, I made the most of it. Well, opportunity sometimes is what your business is all about, isn't it? Kerwin Bell was a starting quarterback in 2000. You took over, I can't remember exactly when, but at some point in the year. And then, of course, yeah. t- 2001, you were the most outstanding player in the league. 2002, you threw 46 touchdown passes, which is, I think, still the the third highest total in league history. Uh, yeah. those, those years, uh, Kahari, where you had Charles Roberts and Milt Stiegel and that whole gang, man, you guys, that must have been great fun. It was. It really was. I mean, I remember thinking back on, on some of those years, and, and especially some of those games in particular, uh, uh, when uh, you go back to 2001, when we really got it rolling and even 2000, because, you know, I started after maybe five or six games and uh, I was out there with, with, uh, with just learning about Milt and Robert and what they could do. And it was, it was exciting. And then to get to the point of, of 2002, where it was, it, it was just fun. It was just like, you know, we were going to score. And it was, it was, I'd see the receivers practice in their dances and I was like, okay, they're going to get in the end zone three or four to lease this game. And I'm going to throw a bunch of touchdowns and, and uh, teams are going to have to try to outscore us to beat us. And, and that's really how we, how we felt going into that. And, and, you know, of course, throwing the ball to Milt Stiegel and, and uh, uh, the, the relationship that we had out there as far as, as him being able to do different things. And I, I could read what he was going to do. And so, routes didn't weren't all that important sometimes <laughs> we just uh we just made it up as we went along and then said hey you you get open and i'm gonna throw it to you and uh and yeah it was a lot of fun yeah it sure was uh, boy it was it was electric the football in those 2001 two and three years when kahari jones was playing quarterback okay let's bring it uh to the present time kahari you're the head coach of the montreal alouettes you got a chance to be a head coach last year for the first time, and man, your team really rallied and played some exciting ball. And here you were going into 2020 with all these optimistic uh, thoughts in your head, and and now we're all stuck in a rut. How are you handling it? I know. Oh, I'm 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 trying. You know, I'm trying to stay positive and trying to, uh, you know, hold out hope that we're, we're going to have a season here and and uh, figure out a way to get it done. And I know we got a lot of good minds at work trying to figure this out. But like you said, I was really excited to to kind of get back into the mix of things. You know, with the way the season went. Um, it, it, it just ignited. It, it really reminded me a lot of of Winnipeg uh in in 2000 and and i kept going back to that feeling where you know football had been a little um it had had been down in in montreal for for a few years and 
And uh, you just seeing the crowds start to come back and seeing the people start to get excited about the games and, and seeing them after the games, just, just happy about their football team. It just uh, a lot of similarities, similarities to that time. And, and so uh, you you just want to get back out there. So we're, we're in a holding pattern, but I hope at least we, we get some, you know, semblance of a season in and and get a chance to, uh, to, to, to get back at it. I grew up an Alouettes fan, so to be there on that hot Saturday afternoon in Montreal in September last year and hearing that crowd roar was kind of cool for me from a nostalgic point of view, even though Bomber fans obviously were very disappointed in how that game went. Kahari, was there a specific point last year in what was a roller coaster year win-loss-wise for your team where it kind of clicked and you thought, oh, this team is pretty special? Man, um... I don't know if there was any anything specific, you know. I, I just liked the fight in the team. That was that was the thing that I really was was happy about. I knew it was going to be, you know, a, a, a tough year, and and the way we started, and and with you know the the changes that that happened quickly, even from that first game when we played against Edmonton, and and um, we didn't win the game, but we came back and tied it up twenty five twenty five, and in the fourth quarter, and and they ended up winning. But I, I told them after that game, I'm like, we're gonna win we're gonna win some games here we we can have a good team and uh and then it, it took a couple of games but we 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 beat a, a very good Hamilton team and and then kind of went on from there and went on a few streaks and we're, we're up and down as a, as a football team but but overall I was I was just happy about how they handle things in general and and I felt like we had something to 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 uh to work with and and uh that that's that's a real important thing when you know you have true competitors on your team, and and uh, I feel like we 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 have a lot of those guys. Well, and you have a young quarterback, Vernon Adams, uh, Kahari, who, you know, his story I guess somewhat similar to yours in that nobody would give him a chance, and now he got a chance last year, and boy, he looks like he's got tremendous upside. Yeah, he really does. I'm very excited about his uh, his his career and, and, uh, moving forward. Uh, I just like his, his attitude and, and his honesty, you know, when he came into the league, he was one of the best college quarterbacks I had seen. I, I always put, I say, he and, and Johnny Manziel were, were two of the like really just guys that you would pay to go watch play football. And, and, uh, Vernon did most of his at Eastern Washington and then played at Oregon for a year. But I, I was, I, I knew about Vernon uh, for a long time. And so when I got a chance to to coach him, um, the biggest thing I wanted him to know is that, you, you know what, you're, you're a quarterback. He was kind of thinking of himself as an athlete and, and I can do a lot of different things. And it's like, no, I want you to be the best quarterback you can be and, and work on it. And he was, he was to that point and you could see it. Uh, building up and in training camp last year, and then when he got his opportunity, he he, um, he he just has a lot of ability. And now he has the work ethic and 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 everything, all those things that it takes to be a, a good quarterback year week in and week out. He's learning those things, and so I'm very excited about seeing him in the in the in the future. And I I feel like I have a lot of things to. Uh, uh, things to impart on him, both good and bad, with my career, and then uh, hopefully I can help him. I, the thing that struck me about him, Kari, and you, you referenced it there, he matured. He said, uh, look, I, when I came into this league, I thought I would you know, take it by storm and it would be easy, and I didn't understand 
the work that goes into being a, a top-flight quarterback in the Canadian Football League. And, you know, for some guys, the light never goes on, but it seems like the light went on for him. Yeah, and that you said it exactly. He just he, he figured it out. And, and it's nice to see a guy figure it out before – he runs out of opportunity, right. you know, because he had been on a few teams. He had, he had, you know, he was playing receiver some in, in Hamilton. And then uh, we got him. He wasn't on a team. And so, um, yeah, when that light goes on, it's it's a great thing. And and I've seen it a lot over the years. And you probably have, too, the same thing where, where guys think, hey, I'll just come up to the Canadian League and play for a couple of years and then go to the NFL and things like that. And I was like, no, you better work to play up here. This is this is as, as good as a league as it, it can be for, for as, as far as quarterback play. Yeah. And the guys up here can, I mean, you have to know what you're doing to be successful. And with the things that 12 guys on the defense can, can show to you, you better be prepared for everything and, and you better know how to study. And, and uh, he's, he's learning that and, he, and he's getting better and better at it. Kahari Jones, before we let you go, I know you've still got a little bit of blue and gold red blood in those veins uh, <laughs> as you watched them stomp Hamilton in the Grey Cup game last year. What were you thinking? You know what? Uh, the biggest thing I was thinking is I was, uh, you know, of course I thought back to our years and where we were close but but didn't get there, especially 2001. Oh, yeah. But I, I just thought about all the fans and, and uh, the people that I got to know there and, and uh, the, the relationships and, and, you know, even just meeting people for, you know, a time or two. I, I really felt a part of that community and stuff, so I felt so good and, and uh, as much as it, it hurt me not to be a part of that game um, and not to win it. I'm really glad for, for for Winnipeg in general because it's been a long time and and uh, I felt like there were there were some teams that could have done it and, and didn't do it, but this team came through and so it was it was a good thing for Winnipeg and and uh, no I, I yeah it's 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 still in there somewhere but uh, <laughs> now now I want to have that same feeling in Montreal. <laughs> yes, I understand that completely. Kahari, thanks for doing this. It's always great to catch up with you and we hope to see you. Uh, somewhere down the road later on this summer. Uh, yes, I hope to see you guys too. Believe Thanks, me. Gary. Thanks a lot.